American heroes. Real American heroes. Today, we salute you, Mr. Jelly Donut Filler. Mr. Jelly Donut Filler. Many a night you pondered the question, how can I get some jelly shoved into a plain powdered donut's blowhole? Inspiration and perspiration led you to invent the answer, the Jelly Super Squirter. Super Squirter. Late at night, all night, you work your squirter so that we can wake up satisfied and enjoy our breakfast jelly treat. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Jelly Donut Filler. Nobody else takes it to the hole quite the way you do. Thank you, Mr. Jelly Donut Filler. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Hello and welcome to week two, 2021 season, first podcast for the year, missed last week, uh, various things going on, but uh, hopefully get to you guys most weeks, and hopefully get a good wrap of week two and a bit of a look at some of the teams, where they stand and, and what's ahead. Let's just jump into it straight away, the Crabs 111 on Monday night with the ever- Reliable Devontae Adams defeat the Frio Finns 102 for the Crabs. There's probably a little bit of a sub-analysis as I go through this of certain teams, but uh, boy, are we seeing some concentration from a couple of players in some of the teams that we all have. Uh, obviously, it's the keepers for the Crabs that are dominating. They went into the draft with very little funds and a pretty chaotic draft night as far as spending on particularly wide receivers because there was quite a few left in the pool and there was still quite a bit of money. Um, Mahomes, 28. He had uh, a really good game, even though uh, they lost. It was a great game to watch as well. Just one-point losers there. Gibson had six on Thursday night. Aguilar had two uh, after a relatively good week one. Uh, Metcalf, five. Got out of the gate relatively disappointingly. Kelsey was another one of those stars that uh, was able to produce um, a keeper, a legend, definitely the number one tight end, gap to the second best tight end. He had 27. Hunt had five. Adams, Monday night, as I said, had 17. Nice bounce back game. Carlson, nice with 21 for the Dolphins, so special team scoring 21 on the bench. Uh, Mitchell, who was a pickup from uh, the pool, he had five. Boyd had seven. Patrick also pick up from the pool, had 12, but there's not a lot of points on the bench. I will just say, week two did not see a lot of points in the early games, and there's not a lot of bench points either for most teams. So uh, very interesting. Second game up, wipeouts 150, bounce back from a first week loss to defeat the Budgies, 74, big win. Jackson on the opposite side of that great Sunday night game at 34. On the Monday night, Jones, big night, four touchdowns, 43 points. Good to see the pack back. 
Hopkins had 14. He had a touchdown. McLaurin, Thursday night, was really good. 24. Goddard had two. Three to Beasley. Six to Woods. Uh, five to Butker. 19 for the Bucks. Nice score for the Bucks with a couple of uh, defensive tight touchdowns. I just reiterate here that even though the big score of 150, uh, you know, you have three scoring players uh, with you know, very low single digits. On the bench, besides the quarterbacks, Marquez uh, Brown at 28, Slater at 14. Uh, so again, uh, like most, we have very bench points on the lower side. Budgies, after uh, tying week one with the Crabs, did not fare as well. Stafford had 15, Aquinas Gutale had five, one to Brown, who was awesome in week one. 15 to Allen. Kill had one, again, just showing the tight end depth of the league is very, very shallow. Five to Robinson, not playing as well as he did last year. Galloway, that's so Golladay had three. Special teams had the most points for the Budgies with 29 combined, so it's pretty nice. On the bench, um, 16 to Watkins. Uh, don't know whether that's a player that will be able to be put in on any given day. The Queens 143 defeated the Maulers 109. Brady had 27 and uh, he's been good to start the season. Henry was the winner. He had 50. Pretty nice score for him. Mostly in the fourth quarter. I'll, uh, so, you know, uh, Moore has had a good start to the season. He has 16. Higgins had 11, um, even though he didn't fumble. Uh, Smith, 2. Uh, Robinson, always solid, 11. Cooks had 16, pretty nice, and 10 for special teams on the bench. Henderson had 13. Uh, he uh, He's questionable now, maybe with an injury. 10 to Zach Moss, not bad. And then not much else, no one else over double figures. For the Maulers, Good score, 109, not enough to get through though. Herbert had 13, 19 for Cook, he had played well. Lockett has started on fire, 37. Nine for Lamb, uh, five for Anders Andrews, which, you know, tight end terms, pretty good. 15 for Chubb, uh, three for Anderson, Boswell had nine, Chiefs with minus one. Um, tough one against uh, Baltimore Ravens on the bench. Uh, besides the quarterbacks, just Pascal had 12, not much else to report. Uh, moving forward, the Cows 100 got home against the Dockers with great performance on Monday night from A-Rod. Rogers had 26, McCaffrey had 19, Hill was quiet with two, Ridley bounced back 15, Hawkinson was one of the better tight ends, he had 15. Nine for Shepard. Uh, Landry was injured and now has been placed on IR. Looks like he's going to miss some, some significant time. Special teams got 14. As I said, it was enough to get by on the bench. Um, not really much to report. No, nothing to report. Okay, the Dockers had 94. Uh, just not quite enough. 14 for Allen, 5 for Sanders. 17 for Julio Jones, it was a good day. Reagan didn't score. 
Uh, Tonyan had 14, looked good as well. Uh, tight end. Elliot had 15, much better day. Sammy Watkins had four. Special teams helped him out enormously with 25, but it wasn't enough. On the bench, besides quarterbacks, not really anything to talk about. But I will say that uh, Derek Carr played very good for the second week in a row. Cows win. The Devils, big score, one of the biggest scores they've had in a long time, 165, defeating the Muddies, 106. Wilson had 33, big game, playing pretty good, 13 for Eckler. Evans had a great day in 25. Mike Evans, is, Mike Williams, I should say, has been very good. 18 this weekend, good one last week. Brock, two touchdowns, 21, rising up the charts at the tight ends. Jamar Chase, the rookie, first round rookie draft pick pick. 17, another great touchdown. Uh, Noah Fan, 12, he's been one of those tight ends. It's actually done pretty well. Special teams had 26 on the bench. Singletary had 16. Uh, Cephas had 15. Green had 13. So there are some double digit scorers on his bench as well. Devils, too well. Muddy's 106, good score. Uh, just uh, not, not quite uh, able to run with the Devils. 28 to Cousins. Kamara was quiet with two. Chark also quiet with one. Deontay Johnson had 15. Got injured at the end of the game. Should be okay. Waller had six. So it was good, but not great. Montgomery had seven. Uh, Godwin had 15. Special teams combined for 32. Excellent special teams, um, but it wasn't enough. On the bench, Marvin Jones had 14. Uh, rookie Rondell Moore had 31. Uh, and that is a lot to report, but that is all there is to report. In the final game, the Costanzas, 113, defeated the Hampsons, 86. Jalen Hurts, 21, nice result. It was a layer zero. It was a very, very critical late fumble. Amari Cooper had two, but he got hurt. He's questionable for this week. We'll see how that pans out. Cup's been very good out of the gate for the Rams, 39. Pitts had seven. That's pretty solid these days for a tight end. Damien Harris had 12 with one of the best touchdown runs you'll ever see. Juju Smith-Suster had 10. Special teams combined for 22, which is nice. On the bench, Besides quarterbacks, um, not a lot to report. Pittman was very good with 17, 31 for rugs. So the two players there over 10. Um, yeah, so that will do it for the Costanzas. For the Hamsters, 86. Five to Dak, disappointing this week. They did win, but just, just lacked kind of the, the zip. Uh, Mixon had six, they got a lot of carries. He'll probably turn those into more productive carries. Diggs was good with 15. Sutton was very good with 20. Higby didn't score uh, in the tight end position. Uh, Harris bounced out of the gate last week and didn't do very much, but he did this week. Got 16 for the first round draft pick in the rookie draft. Samuel had nine special teams combined for 15. On the bench, uh, Tyrod Taylor is now going to IR. Um, that's a worry. 
Pollard at 24 definitely has to be considered as a, a flex position, and that is all for them. So, that was the week two matchups. Let's go to the standings and just a little bit of a commentary on kind of who's who in the different positions, divisions. The North shapes up again to be a very competitive division. Uh, the Queens are 2 0. Um, been scoring pretty nicely. Maulers 1 and 1 with the wipeouts. So the Queens are one of the undefeated teams. So we move to the South. I think the South will be contested pretty strongly with the Finns and the Cows. Dockers got some work to do. The rebuilding phase has begun. Uh, 1 and 1 for both the Cows and the Finns. And the Dockers are 0 and 2. One of the few teams, actually, one of two teams, has yet to notch up a victory. In the East, Costanza's a 2-0 undefeated. Uh, good start, nice points. Also undefeated in this division, the Crabs, who are 1-0 and 1, uh, due to the tie last week. And the Mudcats haven't, haven't won a match or a game yet. They, uh, uh, they all have better days. Not too far behind the pack. For... The West Division, the Hamsters are one on one, so too are the Devils. Devils obviously scored a lot of points. Hamsters one on one with them. And the Budgies are 0 1 1 with that tie from week one against the Crabs. So to me, I think uh, it's th- th- this is. I normally have a couple of pretty decent standouts, but a couple of things have happened that I think. Uh, having great leveling impact on our league. First of all, there's no doubt the rookie draft is a winner. It's a great leveler. It doesn't always pan out. You don't always get home runs in the first round, but you get some in the second. But just the ability to be able to have early picks in all three rounds as a team that had struggled the year before or maybe for two years in a row or maybe even three years. It just gives that opportunity to get very good players who could actually turn into stars at a very cheap entry price. So that's a winner. That's number one. It's leveling the playing field very nicely. Number two is that inflation of stars is also a huge leveling of this league. And to give you that perfect example... The Crabs have won a Super Bowl and lost a Super Bowl in the last two years. They have been in the Super Bowl the last two years. And you can just see from their team that it's all or nothing. It's all on these keepers and there's nothing else really. There's a couple of players here or there, but there's nothing else really. And, you know, in all honesty, that's the same. In a lot of aspects, is the same for teams like the, the Wipeouts. Um, I think that other teams that are going to fare into the Super Bowl for the next couple in the next couple of years are going to also go through the same scenario where their stars become inflated in value, very hard you know to keep them forever, and so you end up with great keepers and the inability to really buy anyone else that's going to make much of a contribution. And this is going to be, I think, the journey going forward, which is exactly why we made the changes in the rules and the reason why things are looking so good. We don't don't want 
the same teams winning every year. I think it's pretty obvious. I think we've all decided that. And now we're getting great rotation. And that rotation is going to continue to happen, especially as players are drafted in that rookie draft and have a year or two to determine whether or not they're good enough to be superstars. And when they do become superstars, we're seeing the benefits. Uh, The only thing that I would say that we may want to consider moving forward is we built a very complex scoring model and Primarily was because we wanted to make sure that wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends all had similar values and you had lots of options to choose from. The league's changing, and we know that the league changes all the time from its big, you know, the way in which it's played for many reasons. The main one is that uh, the players that are coming out of college are being taught, continue to be taught like a different type of, of football than those players are better off actually continuing that type of football. So the NFL is becoming a lot more like college football. That said, the change that I think that we should be thinking about is going to a more simple scoring system. And rather than using touchdowns as the big inflation point for wide receivers, I think we should think about doing a one point point per reception league and bringing the touchdowns back to even that will do two things. One is it will help the middle of the range tight ends. And because now we're compulsory tight ends, very important that we have 12 tight ends that can score on a regular basis so that we've all got one. Even if you reduce that to eight, that's still okay. At the moment, it's three or four. And the other one or two each week is completely guesswork. It's random. So therefore, there's a large advantage for teams that have got a really solid, dependable tight end. Now, if you go to a one-point PPR and reduce the touchdown points, you'll see that the tight ends, the first 10 tight ends, are going to be a little bit more even. You're still going to get the three or four outliers, but then the next batch of seven or eight are going to be a lot closer, and they're going to score points, which means that they're actually going to contribute to the overall tally. The second thing it does is for wide receivers, it actually takes away what I believe is a little bit of the luck involved with whether or not a player gets a touchdown and it allows for a little bit more of the consistency when they're actually getting receptions. And a good example of that last night with Devontae Adams, he actually scored well without a touchdown um, in our league, but he would have scored better in a PPR league because he had eight receptions rather than relying on him getting one or two touchdowns. So just food for thought. Uh, Of course, we do these things by vote. We do these things over time. And uh, it's, you know, we, we could expect a great robust discussion when it comes to it, but something to think about throughout the course of the season. I'll wrap up with this week's, well, actually, I don't know if know whether the matches in there, this week's matches. I'll leave that for next week. Enjoy it, everybody. Good luck, and bye for now. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. This Memorial Day, we salute you, Mr. Gasoline Barbecue Starter. Mr. Gasoline Barbecue Starter. 
Never mind charcoal chimneys and easy lighting briquettes. The only way to start a real barbecue is with a gallon of 93 octane and a big book of matches. Light up the sky. Who needs eyebrows? You're hungry. And you've got seven pounds of lamb shanks ready to go. That's a lot of kebabs. You don't just defy convention. You defy warning labels and common sense. Very low IQ. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, oh prince of the pyrotechnics. Because no one makes a backyard mushroom cloud like you. Mr. Gasoline Barbecue Starter. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, Cartersville, Georgia.